This talk was recorded by Insight Meditation South Bay in Mountain View, California. The speaker is Shyla Catherine. For more talks and information, visit www.imsb.org. So the topic for tonight's discourse is investigating aversion. I don't know if any of you have had an aversive state lately, but it can include almost anything from irritation and impatience to hostility and revengeful thoughts, anger, hatred, any kind of aggressive thought as well, even fear or terror or rage. The Pali term is dosa for this whole category of aversive type thoughts. For most people, anger arises at some time or another. Maybe you're really mellow, but most people experience some form of anger or at least irritation periodically. We don't need to judge ourselves for being angry. And we don't need to get entangled in concepts of being bad or good or I'm a good girl or I'm a bad girl or I'm spiritual or I'm not spiritual or whatever the concepts might be. We also don't need to justify our right to be angry or hypothesize about why it is we're conditioned to have such an aversive character or such a hot temper. What happened to us as we were being born or our traumas or our past or this or that? I don't think we have to go down that track. Sometimes it's useful to have some insight into the particularities of our conditioning. But the basic idea I'm trying to say is we just don't need to either affirm our anger or reject it. In meditation practice, we see it. We see it as one of the many flavors of dukkha. Dukkha is the Pali term for suffering. We investigate it as an aspect of suffering. By being willing to examine the many facets of the conditioned mind, we develop the capacity to sit still, even in waves of anger, to bring mindful awareness to this experience of aversion. Out of that mindful attention, we might develop discriminating wisdom. Because there's a facet in an angry response that certainly is unwholesome. An angry response to most things is quite unwholesome. But there's an aspect of the mind that tends towards anger that if purified and channeled well actually leads to discerning clarity. Because the angry mind tends to be very critical. And the critical mind tends to be very discerning. And if we can purify the unwholesome aspects of that state, we might find that there is a gem of discerning clarity there. But the aversion, the anger itself, is not clarity. It's not wisdom. 
Whenever a state of dosa arises, it has embedded in it delusion. Because there's delusion, we're not seeing the experience clearly. We're reacting out of conditioned patterns. Anger often arises when we are not seeing the first noble truth. What is the first noble truth? It's that there is suffering. That conditioned things are unsatisfactory. If we don't accept that conditioned things are unsatisfactory, we might resist or deny or react against situations that are unsatisfactory. We might not want to face the truth of dukkha. And so we react, and we react with anger. We manifest some form of aversion. In the Abhidhamma teachings, dosa is understood to always arise together with a cluster of other mental factors that include an unpleasant mental feeling, restlessness, a willingness to do unwholesome actions, delusion regarding the existence of a self position, something to a self to defend, energy, volition, attention, decision, and men and a host of other uh, mental factors that allow us to perceive something in in a way that we can hate it. We basically do quite a bit to enable an angry state to arise. Anger is always considered an unwholesome state, but it's an active process. It doesn't happen to us. It arises when we engage in it, when we give it our energy, and when we focus in a particular way. Through meditative investigation, we will learn to meet our conditioned patterns with mindfulness. And so we will begin to notice when we become angry and stop in our tracks so that we can investigate that aversive state. When aversion arises, we take the opportunity to examine it, to learn about it to develop the capacity to be still with it. We look closely. We're interested to discover how did this mental state arise? How did that moment of anger occur? What was the trigger? What was the response? What was the sequence of feelings and thoughts? that went from hearing that word to hating that person. What happened in the mind between that sensory stimulus and the reaction? What sustains it? What fuels it? What coexists with it? What are those mental factors that come along with anger? And what do we never find arising with anger? So we look at the anger. We try to understand it. And most importantly, we feel it. We open to it. We bear the feeling of anger. 
Usually anger arises when one of the sense doors has been experiencing an unpleasant stimulus, but we're not mindful of it. So that could be seeing an ugly sight. It could be hearing an unpleasant sound. It could be tasting a dreadful taste. Aversion often arises first as a subtle pulling back from that unpleasant feeling. When you're in aversive state, but you're not sure why you're aversive, you might just broaden your field of attention and scan your experience because maybe there's something that's mildly unpleasant but unseen. Maybe you're getting irritated and you don't realize that there's a kind of that annoying sound of the refrigerator or a fan near you and you just are actually not paying attention to the sound to realize that there's an unpleasant sound and so you're getting angry at somebody else in the room or at some project that you're working on. Maybe there's an ache in the body or you're just tired or your shoes are too tight or you're thirsty. Maybe there's some little discomfort that if you brought mindfulness to that manifestation of dukkha, of discomfort or unsatisfactoriness, that you might find that you could actually connect with the unpleasant sensation, bringing mindfulness to that feeling in a way that closes the gap and doesn't give the space for aversion to arise. But when aversion does arise, that becomes the object of our attention. Can we look at the aversive state, the mental state itself? But first, where do we find it in the body? Maybe you feel the heartbeat or heat increasing or some throbbing in the temples. How do you know you're angry? Do you feel some tension, some tightness in the body? We can feel it in the body. This is working with the first foundation of awareness. Mindfulness of the body. We can also notice the feeling tone itself, what's called Vedana. The pleasantness, unpleasantness, or neutrality of that experience. Anger is usually unpleasant. This is working with the second foundation of awareness, mindfulness of feeling. We can become mindful of the mental state itself, the presence of aversion in the mind. And this is working with the third foundation of awareness, mindfulness of mental states. And we can recognize how Aversion is functioning as a hindrance, how it obstructs the development of our wisdom, of our mindfulness, and of our concentration. This is working with the fourth foundation of mindfulness. Whether we tackle it through the first, second, third, or fourth foundation of mindfulness doesn't matter so much. Any way that we look directly at aversion, we're not getting lost 
in the self-righteous story. We're not strategizing as a way to fix it. We're not judging ourselves for being angry. We are finding a way to work mindfully with the arising of this unpleasant state of dosa. In fact, we can actually learn to settle the mind in the presence of whatever is happening, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. We can learn to let go of the stories and the narratives and the dramas that fuel all the reactivity of mind. We suffer over things sometimes that aren't even happening. Have you ever found yourself quite upset, afraid even, because you're worrying about something that might happen? Maybe imagining worst-case scenarios? We can spend hours in unpleasant mental states because of something that hasn't happened and may never happen. Can we spare ourselves that suffering? conserve our energy to deal with the unpleasant situations that occur when they occur instead of anticipating them when they might not even occur. How many hours have you spent suffering over past mistakes? Regretting opportunities lost or actions taken or holding grudges or feeding vengeful fantasies. We can suffer in the world of our own thoughts, even when our bodies are sitting in a pleasant environment, relatively good weather, a relatively comfortable seat. Okay, I said that relatively. I can see what you're sitting in. (laughs) But relatively comfortable. It's okay. You know, there are worse. There are worse places to be. When aversion is strong, or when we just don't see it clearly, then even a minor unpleasant experience can create a proliferating thought world that spins out of control, that can make the situation seem far more dire than it actually is. We might fabricate views that influence all our future interactions, and we might hold grudges, and reinforce negative thoughts from the past that are best let go of. To work with anger, we can carefully notice what is actually present, what is physically present now, and what is just a story or a thought of our own making in our mind, and what is the feeling, the mental feeling. Can we tease out the difference between the feelings, the stories, and the physical sensations. We can look directly at what's happening so that when an unpleasant mental state arises, we're not controlled by it, but we take it as an opportunity to investigate. Interestingly, the primary antidote to aversion is simply mindfulness. 
Sure, we can bring compassion to ourselves. We can bring compassion to the world. We can develop loving kindness and a friendliness towards all beings. These are also antidotes to aversive states. But mindfulness and investigation have the power to uproot aversion because aversion gets a grip on the mind only when we are not mindful. Mindfulness uproots aversion because it uproots the initial delusion that aversion depends upon. When we look with mindful attention, we discover that even as mindfulness meets our experience, mindfulness never gets angry. It's not in the nature of mindfulness to be aversive. When we're mindful, we're not aversive. There's a parable of the two darts where the Buddha asks, does it hurt to be struck by a dart? And the monk says, yeah, it hurts to be struck by a dart. Then he says, does it hurt more to be struck by two darts? He says, yes, it hurts more to be struck by two darts. The first dart is the unpleasant experience that inevitably is going to come. We might hear unwelcome words. Somebody might say something we don't like. We might not get what we want. We might have pain in the body. We might get sick when we want to be healthy. We might go to an airplane to get on the airplane, and it's not there for us. It's late, and there's a sign that says, time delayed. (laughs) How do you react? Do you get irritated? Do you get angry? Do you start blaming the airlines? The first dart is the dart that is the unpleasant experience. But the second dart we inflict upon ourselves with the how do we react. If we react with aversion and anger and irritation, we are stabbing ourselves with more darts. So when we are mindful, what are we knowing? We're knowing the pleasant or the unpleasant experience as it's arising in the present moment without creating any extra story around it. We just know the unpleasant experience. And sometimes it is painful. When we don't deny the inevitability of dukkha, the unsatisfactory nature of conditioned things, then we'll just experience them when they arise without the extra story that fuels hatred. Meditative investigation is a skillful response to meet anger. If a dosa state arises, see if you can make enough space for it to see it, to feel it to bring your attention to meet it and investigate it and work with anger in the stillness of the meditative posture. Work with dosa states with a strong commitment to understand them as a dynamic and energetic movement of mind. The container of the meditative posture ensures that we're not going to impulsively act on it We're not going to say anything. 
We're not going to do anything just yet. We're not going to act on the anger. And so when we have a strong sitting practice, a strong sitting posture, and the commitment of mind to investigate it, we can ride the waves of that anger, even if it's explosive or volcanic rage, until we understand it thoroughly, how it forms, how it feels, how it affects the mind, what it leads to. I'd like to guide a investigative meditation on the experience of anger so that we can explore this in our own in our practice in order to understand the mind now usually when i guide meditations i try to incline the mind towards calmness i rarely suggest that you make yourself angry but once in a while we can give rise to some scenario, some thought. We can remember something that tends to trigger irritation or anger or annoyance. And then use that to, as a way of working with aversion. Maybe there's some recurring aversive thing in your life. Is there something that irritates you chronically? Like every time you see it or you know it's going to bother you. Or something that you tend to avoid because it makes you angry. It could be a relative. It could be some kind of a, you know, anything, anything. You could imagine somebody cutting you off on the freeway or pushing their way in the line in front of you or somebody criticizing you. So to begin this meditation, I'd encourage you to first relax. Just relax. Find some ease in the body and the mind, just with the willingness to be present and relaxed. You might relax the legs. Let them be loose, relaxed. Relax the hands and the arms. Let them be warm and relaxed. Relax the shoulders, the chest, the belly, the breath. Let the neck be relaxed and free the head light, the face relaxed. You might imagine for a moment that you're soaking up the warmth of the sun on a beach. 
resting in the sand. Finding just a sense of ease. Let the mind be spacious. Empty. Open. And relaxed. Now into this field of relaxed and spacious awareness. I'd like you to intentionally think of something that tends to bring up anger or irritation. Some situation that triggers aversion for you. And bring up that thought and notice your response. Try to recognize what an aversive state feels like. Where does the aversion seem to manifest? Can you feel it in the body? Was there any change in the breath, in the rhythm of the breath, with the thought arising? Any change in the muscles in the face?
do you sense the aversion as a mental state, perhaps, arising primarily within the mind? How do you recognize what arises in the mind? Is aversion solid, unchanging, fixed? Or does it seem to be in flux, impermanent, changing? Just notice how aversion manifests in the body and the mind. And if it fades away, you might just bring to mind that scenario again that triggered it the anger in the first place. See if it triggers it again and gives you more to work with. you'll probably see aversion changing. Changing quite rapidly, moment by moment. It's not a steady state. So notice how it increases and decreases, how it stops and how it starts, how the attention sometimes meets it, and how it's completely gone when you're thinking about something else. Has the intensity stayed the same? Or has it shifted? Sometimes we're working with some situation in our lives that we tend to get angry around. And we find that the anger sometimes shifts to irritation, sometimes to rage, sometimes to self-pity or anxiety. Maybe sorrow or shame, fear or self-righteousness. Each experience is a slightly different manifestation within the realm of dosa state.
Are there beliefs or views that are fueling the anger? It might be a belief it shouldn't be like this. It might be a belief that the aversion is saying something about me, that I am right, that I am powerful, that I would be happy if only that situation would change. Notice if there are any shoulds or shouldn'ts operating in the situation that triggers your anger. Notice your beliefs and ask if they're true. Is there pain and hurt underneath the experience of anger? Is there vulnerability or insecurity that might be difficult to open to? Or is there fear? Is there any way that you might be attached to the story of anger? Attached either by identifying as the role of victim or hero, or perhaps just reveling in the intensity of the feeling. Angry states are vivid, sometimes exciting, dynamic. Sometimes when we're angry, we feel very alive. Notice if there's any attachment to anger and what that attachment, what that clinging feels like. Are you angry? Is that you? Can you be reduced to this state?
you might reflect for a moment on times when you're not angry. Bringing to mind a situation where you're calm and peaceful. Where do these states arise from and where do they go when they disappear? In one moment irritation and another calmness. In one moment love, in another moment fear. Become mindful of the changing mental states and recognize the capacity that you have to be with the flow of changing mental states without identifying with them, without making them into anything more than what they are, changing mental states. 